0: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.
1: Welcome back into First Take. Steve Geller along with Jeff Nowak welcoming in WWL's Mike D'Atelier. Mike D's Notebook brought to you by the Sports Medicine Center of Thibodeau Regional Health System. Mikey, good morning. And a big one against the Bengals today in the Superdome. We all know about uh, Joe Burrow, everyone talking about him coming back. Obviously, Louisiana's favorite, I think, adopted son. But man, uh, not so much talk about a guy uh, that's really local in wide receiver Jamar Chase, who has been just uh, phenomenal throughout his prep career, hi, uh, in college, and then obviously the pros as well.
2: Yeah, uh, Steve, uh, he's he's the best wide receiver I ever saw at LSU. Wow. In my, in my 30 years doing this, 30-plus, I should say, uh, doing it, he's the best. Uh, his big playability, his run-after-catch skills, his ability to go up in the air and make a catch when there are arms and hands all over the place. He, he could do it. And uh, I, I told the story during the week that uh, when Joe Brady got here, Uh, you know, he had heard a lot of different things about, about Jamar. And uh, so uh, Coach Joe told him, uh, hey, uh, give Mike a call. He'll tell you all about Jamar. And um, I told Joe, he's not good. He's great. And he's the best I've ever seen at LSU. And he hung up the phone on me. And I was like, hello. You know, and so, um, Uh, A couple weeks later, it's during the spring, he was like, hey, uh, I think you're right about Jamar. I was like, Joe, ain't no (laughs) think. He's the real deal. And he has shown that, uh, just how good of a player he is. And to think that team had Jefferson and him, and you can make a really strong argument today. One two receivers, or in the top five receivers yeah. in the National Football League, on the same team, <laughs> and and not even throwing in Racing McMath, you know Terrence Marshall, John Trey Kirkland, all those guys were there at one time. Uh, but man, he he has been a huge impact player, and um, once he gets the ball in his hands, Steve, uh, you know uh, he's trouble with a capital <laughs> T.
3: Yeah, one one just just kind of as an aside, he hasn't been that involved this year. But also, a guy Stanley Morgan for, out of Saint Aug is also on the Bengals roster. Um, so he's a, he's also making a homecoming. The other interesting yeah. thing is uh, this this is a team that has a Mike Thomas and a Michael Thomas. <laughs> and that's but, yeah. crazy.
2: Uh, you got all kind of stuff, uh, kind of double dip uh, all across the board with that. But yeah, um, and you know, listen, I, I give the Bengals a lot of credit. Uh, they probably have the least amount of scouts uh, there are on a football team and guys just look across the board. They, they pretty talented, you know, that they've done a good job in the draft, drafting people uh, over the last couple years. And so that's been a big part of their success because they've had early picks before, but never come up with that. But. The one guy changed the world for them just like he changed it at LSU, and that was Burrow. He he changed the world for them just like he changed it, you know, in Baton Rouge uh, when Coach Oshron and his staff were there.
1: Mike, you look at this Bengals offensive line, and they look like they're trying to get Joe Burrow killed. I know, (laughs) you know, they've tried to, you know, upgrade – there, but it just hasn't seemed to work. Uh, he's still getting, you know, banged around a lot. I don't know a lot of the time he's holding on to the ball a bit, looking for that deep shot downfield. But uh, what what can this Bengals team do to protect their quarterback more? And how can the Saints D-line take advantage of this and really get after him today?
2: Okay, to protect Joe, run Joe Mixon. Huh. Okay, that, that's that been the big difference the last couple of weeks. They've They've run the football better with Mixon. Uh, He's another stud player. He was, he's big time. Uh, He's arguably one of the top three backs in this league. He runs with power, with speed. He can catch the ball coming out of the backfield, despite the fact that a lot of times on third down, they take him out and put P Ryan in. Right. Uh, Man, listen, uh, for well, a show how the world changed. You got those Oklahoma backs uh, as receivers, you know. At one time they were they were runners, not receivers. But um, you you see it. It's a it's a new unit up front, and uh, Jimmy Burrow, who was on with us during the week, he made a good point about you know the time that Joe had missed during training camp and all because of the appendicitis. Uh, he thought it affected the timing with the line play and Joe. Now, we do know this. Uh, Joe can have the five blocks of granite in front of him. He's going to hold the ball longer than the normal guy. Joe's not crazy about throwing the little short pass, okay? He wants to hit that big chunk play downfield. And he's double tough. He takes some shots. And some of it is on Joe. That he will just hold it longer than most quarterbacks uh, waiting for a receiver to get free downfield, and then he tosses it out there. But um, it's it's not it's gotten better the past couple of weeks. Their line play, and you see a little bit of gelling. The one thing to watch today is Jonah Williams at left tackle. He is fighting a right knee injury or this uh, kneecap injury. That that's your pivot foot uh when you're a left tackle, that right leg. Uh, and and that's, that's difficult when you're dealing with it. And so, man, you know what it is, what it is. Uh, I go after Jonah Williams and try to put a lot of pressure on him. Because if your right knee and your right leg is not well on a left tackle, it affects you greatly. And so I think the Saints are going to get some heat and some pressure on Joe Burrow. And that's what you got to do to affect him because if you give him any time to throw the football, he's going to put the dagger to you. So it's important that you get pressure. But I think, number one, you better stop Joe Mixon running the football because that is the one thing that takes the most amount of pressure off of Burrow is when they get Joe Mixon involved running the football. And he's the type of guy – you will carry the football 25 times if that's the game plan.
3: Yeah, I think that's a good point with Jonah Williams. A lot of times with the questionable guys, we kind of stop talking about it once they're in or out. But at the same time, it's like, well, should he be in? And you're going to make sure you want to test him on that leg one way or the other. Kind of shifting gears here, you know, it's impossible to talk about this Bengals squad without talking about the former Saints on this Bengals squad. You know, uh, one of the things that I heard from Zach Taylor this week that I thought was interesting is they didn't just go after Trey Hendrickson and Eli Apple in free agency. Obviously, years of, you know, last year they started with Eli Apple on a one-year deal and they re-signed him this year. They did it with the endorsement of Von Bell. Um, a safety that they had signed the previous season. And I just thought that was interesting because, you know, Vaughn was always a guy that I felt was a really big culture piece. In this locker room, in the Saints locker room, they let him walk. They signed Malcolm Jenkins. And I just remember Vaughn just scooping up fumble after fumble after fumble in that 2019 season. And it's interesting, you know, I don't think it's coincidence that they bring him in to that locker room and suddenly this is a group that you just look at as a winning organization because he's a winning type player. I'm curious, what what are your memories of Vaughn and, uh, you know, what do you expect to see from him out there for the Bengals today?
2: You know, Jeff, you bring that up and, a lot of players, if they when they talk to you, they really talked about how much Vaughn meant to this football team and they hated to see him leave. Okay, and there are always business decisions made uh, by both the club and the player. But he's the one guy universally everybody kind of one on one with you would tell you, man, I wish they'd have kept Vaughn because He was a leader. Uh, He got things done. He was a big play guy. He played the run extremely well. And he got better each season in the coverage part of the game. And that was something maybe early. He was more noted for being a guy that stopped the run than in the coverage part of the game. But he's gotten much better in the coverage part of the game. And, listen, safety play today is so important. It's your last line of defense uh, on the deep pattern. And he has really turned out to be a tremendous pickup for the Bengals, not only on the field, but in the locker room. And his attitude is he ain't taking no prisoners. You know, hey, you might be a buddy and a pal of mine, Uh, when I was with the Saints. But, man, I'm going to give you everything I got on every play. And I I thought that was a big loss for the Saints, losing Vaughn, because that talk of what he brought to the game uh, was sort of everybody said it. It just wasn't one guy. They all said it. And I think he has been a big cog in getting that team turned around. All the spotlight went on Trey, and deservably so, because he's your edge guy. He's the guy that's going to get you that pass rush. But putting people in the right place, communication, making sure everybody knows their assignments, Von Bell did it. He did it with the Saints, and now he's doing it with the Bengals. And that that was I think when they're gonna write this story on the Bengals in this sort of time frame, picking up Von Bell is gonna be a long chapter for the Bengals. That's how good he is.
1: We touched on Trey Hendricks in there. He was in that twenty seventeen draft class for the Saints along with guys like Marshawn Lattimore, also Alvin Kamara. This is what Kamara had to say during the week. I don't know if you heard this. Oh my god. Trey <laughs> And I always talk about Trey, my story about Trey, in 2017, and this might this might be funny. Where I'm from, anytime you see a white boy with silver chain and like silver bracelet on, you know so, so Trey, it, like he played like that. You know what I'm saying? Like he was just an angry, like gritty, nasty dude, like didn't care, like he going, Hundred miles per hour every play, and I mean, so he got paid, and he he's a staple in that in that Cincinnati defense. So, I mean, that's a, that's angry white boy Trey. <laughs> angry white boy Trey, and we saw that even during training camp when he was with the Saints that he would get the offensive linemen so ticked off because he was going full all the time, and uh, just a guy who was always getting banged up around here, but has had a lot of success, obviously, in Cincinnati early on.
2: Yeah, uh, he remember that final season with the Saints. Boy, it all came together for him, uh, and he stayed healthy. Right. And uh, I remember talking to Coach about him and Coach Payton, and he was like, Mike, he got his weight right, and, he, you know, there is no second gear with him. <laughs> Everything is at the highest amount. I mean, it didn't matter if it was practice or in a game. He was pedaled to the metal on, on every snap. And he made a lot of plays, and I go back to watching him when he was in college, and it was the same way in the pros. It wasn't maybe the initial uh, start of the play that he made, but he finished it. His hustle, his desire, his instincts to the football, they were at such a high level, and he never would quit on a play. And a lot of times, that's how he made a sack or a tackle for a loss. He wouldn't give up on a play. And I think that goes through a team. When you see that guy doing that, I I think it it just sort of uh, has a way of trickling down to the other players on there. Uh, I was right. He was angry all the time uh, on the field. Always angry. Uh, Really nice guy to do an interview with. And he would give you time and sort of joking, kid around with you. But, man, when he was on that field, there was no kidding around with him. And I think it's always, it goes back to the fact he made the comment to me that he was always looked at as a guy that was, ah, you're not quite big enough. Uh, you, you know, you're, you're a skinny dude. Uh, you're maybe not fast enough, not strong enough. And that always ran through his head that people countered him out. And I think in life, you need something to motivate you all the time. Well, it didn't take much <laughs> to motivate Trey, and but I think he always played with that chip on his shoulder that people felt maybe he's not big enough, not fast enough, not strong enough. And I'm going to show you how good I am. And it was all about effort, all about effort and just where he graded out so high with me was football instincts. He knew this game inside and out. And I I think that you started to see that once he got healthy and got his weight, right. With the saints. And that was putting on a little extra weight uh, that could help him uh, and build up that power from the lower body. But man, uh, he's hell on wheels and Kamara's right. He was an angry white man here. He really was.
1: Appreciate the time. Mike Dettelier's notebook brought to you by the Sports Medicine Center of Thibodeau Regional Health System. Be talking to you later on, Mike, on the Bud Light Countdown to Kickoff, which starts at 10 a.m. on WWL. Always appreciate the time.
2: All right, guys. Y'all take care. Take
1: care. Coming back with more First Take after the break here on WWL.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.